Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Another brand new Flyers Daily for Wednesday, June 22nd, as the Philadelphia Flyers had a little media's day yesterday, a little session, as John Tortorella, the 23rd head coach in Philadelphia Flyers history, was in town. He was in town for Tuesday, Wednesday, and tomorrow. Going to do the same thing next week. Had a chance to meet with some season ticket holders, meet with some Flyers clients, if you will, or uh, partners, and also with some charities. And also the assembled media came in for a little off-the-record discussion in the Flyers locker room of the training facility in Voorhees, New Jersey at the Skate Zone. So we had all kinds of different sessions with John yesterday. I got to spend a good amount of time with him as well in a couple of different environments and had a chance to speak to him one-on-one and talk to him about his philosophy, talk to him about Philadelphia and why now and what he can do with this Flyers roster and this plan moving forward. So without further ado, here's my exclusive conversation with Flyers head coach John Tortorella. Uh, Joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily is the 23rd head coach in Philadelphia Flyers history, a man that I have championed the cause for for many years. Every time you were available, (laughs) it is John Tortorella. Torts, how you doing? Good, man. You? I'm doing well. It seems like destiny that you end up here. Uh, You mentioned in your press availability that you've always kind of had an eye on Philadelphia, and I got a feeling that a lot of people in Philadelphia have always had an eye on you. Is this the perfect place for you to be? Yeah, at my stage of my career right now, uh, I am very fortunate, and uh, I look forward to the challenge. We've got some work to do. Mm-hmm. We all know that, but uh, to be coaching uh, the Flyers and uh, that emblem and the city and the people, I'm really looking forward to it. The, the identities seem to match with your expectations, your accountability that you hold your players to, and what this city's all about, that's part of it for you. And that emblem is a big reason for you. Yeah, yeah. I think they demand it. It's such a great sports town. Uh, I love the way the complexes are grouped together out there off of Broad Street. And uh, there's pressure, you know, there's pressure from the fan base. And uh, that's where you want to be. And uh, and they're not afraid to tell you. And so that, that – all of it. There's going to be some good days. There's going to be some bad days. But I, I am, uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge and and get involved with the city as we go about it. When you were named the coach and you had your introductory press conference, and every time I've seen you since then, and all your availabilities and everything else, you seem to just be grinning and smiling. Uh-huh. You are genuinely excited about this opportunity. Is part of that not being in the game for the past year and getting those competitive juices going again? What is it that really has you just – you seem like you're floating. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm back in it. I, I mm-hmm. miss the locker room. But but really a lot of it has to do with the situation. I, 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 uh, I want to help. I, I, as I said, there's work needs to be done. Uh, I, I think I'm the guy to help out here. And uh, I just – I want to. I want to grow with it. I want to. I want to see what the city looks like when we start. Get the pace is going the right way, and get where we want to be. Uh, and I, I want the accountability from the city to be part of it. I want my players to feel feel it also. So, some of it's some of it's back in it. Most of it is because I'm in Philly. That's a big word, accountability. I talk about it all the time. Accountability is great. It's a catch word. It's a summertime really, word. Yeah, that's but, what it is. But really, the only accountability that ends up mattering is self-accountability. You know, when you look at yourself or you're home by yourself after a game, if you want to blame other people for the mistakes you made or if you want to take that accountability, that's really what matters the most, isn't it? Yes, and and the thing is, it's daily. Accountability has to be held daily. Uh, I I have to – I can't let 
things go on a Tuesday because I'm tired uh, and expect to regroup and get them, get them where they're supposed to be on a Wednesday. Every, all the things, all the players, all the situations need to be hit head on daily. And that's when you get true accountability. That's why I say uh, people throw the words around accountability, culture, all that. It sounds great in the summer. It's hard to do. Yeah. And you need to stay on top of yourself. But the most important one is just what you said when you look yourself in the mirror. That's the most you important. You can't lie to yourself, no, can you? No, you can't. And I do. I have a man in the mirror. I forget the whole slogan I have, but I have that up in our locker rooms. It's man in the mirror. That's the most important thing when you're looking at yourself. I imagine that you're a guy that throws yourself fully into it. Like every element of your being is going to go into what's going on when you guys convene for camp. Yeah, I'm. You're not a tipped it toe in the no, water. No, no, no. We're not going to test the water. We're <laughs> going to go at it, and uh, we're going to. You know, I, uh, I, I, I'll send information out in the summertime what to expect and what the readiness is uh, to to play in the camp, to compete in the camp. Uh, so that I expect them to be ready to go full bore once we get added here. We don't have any time. We, mm. you know, look where we're at in the standings. We have a lot of work to do to climb. Uh, we can't leave any stone unturned when camp comes. It's it's going to be uh, right at it, right when we get to it. Is that one of the things that's evolved in your coaching is how you practice, how you make sure that every bit of time has purpose? Because early in your career, you may do things and you go, why was I doing it that way? I yeah. want to work smarter, not harder. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? The one thing I've really, uh, it's kind of transformed me. If you work an hour and a half on the ice, you think that's a great day that you worked an hour and a half. I want to get that into 45 minutes, yeah. you know, especially the way the game's played now. It's a game of speed. It's a game of quickness. But, but it's also a game of hardness, too, which I am going to attack right away here as we start our season. So you, 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 want, you want to be – it's just bang, bang, bang. And I, I think that's the most important transformation I've made. Instead of doing it an hour and a half, let's do it in 45, 50 minutes and do it quick. Uh, and and that's potent. where the yeah, and that's when the conditioning comes into play. So yeah, it. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let me ask you about kind of the the torts prepackaged narratives that go out there. Whether it's oh guys hate playing for yeah. them or <laughs> uh, torts burns out fast everywhere it goes. Yeah, you know, I see a six year, a five year, and a seven year stint yeah, in your yeah. career. You your average length of tenure is far longer than the two point four years. That's the current average yeah. in the NHL. Why do you think that there's those prepackaged narratives about John Tortorella? Yeah, you know, I, I, I make my own bet, I think, a little bit with it. There, <laughs> there's some things out there, uh, uh, some things that people publicly see. Uh, I've made mistakes uh, in certain situations with players, uh, wrong time to call them out uh, in, in certain – but people don't, you know, and they're not supposed to. And they're not supposed to know me. Uh, I'm not going to chase it. I'm not chasing perception. Uh, the most important people for me are the players when I deal with them daily. Uh, I, I, I think I, I'll put myself up about anybody in this league as far as how players feel about me when they play for me. It takes when a little, they're done playing for me. When you. they're done playing for me, yeah. That, that, that's, what, that's, that's when you find the full uh, load as far as what they think about you. It takes a little time for them to understand me. There's a little method to the madness, I guess you'd have to say. I push people hard. But I, I, I just, if I'm a player, I want to be pushed. I, I, I want that because I want to be the best I can be. I think they start understanding that. Yeah. There's conflict that comes into play. 
Uh, they're upset with me at certain times. I'm up, it's upset with them. But if we're men and we handle it like men, you got, at the end you become closer. And yeah. I think that's what happens. And uh, people that make judgments of me, they don't know my heart. Uh, they don't know how I feel about my players. And they're not supposed to. But So it's their call. I'm not chasing it. Yeah, pro sports isn't about being comfortable all the time. Sometimes you have to get uncomfortable hey, to get better. If, if, if everybody's happy in my locker room, I'm not doing my job. If, if all the players are happy coming in each and every day, I'm not doing my job because it's a competitive sport. Someone's taking your, someone wants to take your job. You need to be ready to go. So all this stuff comes into play, and, and the conflict that comes into it, into a locker room, I think is so healthy because if you handle it right and you solve the problems through conflict and, and get to the other end, you become closer. Let me ask you about developing young players because a lot of times with coaches that are veteran coaches, there's the there's again the narrative that oh he prefers veteran players he doesn't develop young guys. He said some, that's not the case with you. When you look back through your history, going all the way back into Tampa, yeah, Lecavier was going to be a great player. Mm -hmm. You got him at 19 though. Mm -hmm. Marty Saint Louis wasn't a he wasn't drafted even, player. Yeah, yeah. yeah, look where he ends up yeah, now. Yeah. And then all throughout your career, all the way to Jones and Wierenski, yeah. I see guys all throughout. You put a lot of responsibility on young players. You trust young players, but you demand a lot from yeah. them. Is that the key to developing young talent? I, it is. It, 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 and, and listen, I've made mistakes where I've asked too much too early. Mm -hmm. I think you'd be really careful as a coach when you're dealing with a young guy. C can they can they take that situation? Can they can they take that pressure from a coach? So those are the things I I walk through every day. But it's it is the most enjoyable part of the business for me. Is that growth? Is right? to see it, yeah. And and it may not be that year. It may be three years down the road. It may be after they're done, and they come up to you and say to you, you know what? Now I know why. You know that now I remember why you did those things to me. That's what you that's what you kind of hang your hat on as a coach. A coach can't hang their hat on much of anything until they're fired, and that's what you hang your hat on. And, and you're eventually fired everywhere. Yes, you're going to get fired. So those are – you're a teacher, you know. I'm a, I'm a guidance counselor, basically, trying to put them in the right situations and watch them develop. It's the coolest part about coaching. And that's why you're back too, isn't it? Yeah, Because it is. you are a teacher. And yeah, I miss it. Yeah, and, the, you know, at ESPN, it's great. It's Cush. Oh. It's a nice facility up there yeah, in Bristol. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. But you don't get any W's and L's no, up there. There's no, there's no fire. I, I met some great people there. If we're talking about, I've, I have lifetime friend, friends there now because they treated me so well. But there's no, there's no solving problems. You know, yeah. I can sit there on TV and say, yeah, maybe he should do it this way. I don't know what the hell's going on in that locker mm -hmm. room. You know, I'm. I what I tried to use at ESPN is tried to explain maybe what the coach is thinking in certain situations. I really don't know because I'm not there. That's what I miss. I miss all the things that go into when you walk into that locker room each and every morning and when you leave it at night. What happened today? What, did I solve the right – did I make the right decision? Did I get to that guy or did I make a mistake with that guy? Those are all the, the, the things that you want to be involved with. Is that what led you into this in the first place, into coaching, is yeah. the conflict and the competitiveness and the fire yeah. and the it's, room and it's all juice. of those elements? Yeah, yeah it's, it's juice. life, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the – Coaching is the closest thing than playing. Yeah. You know, I never played at this level. I played college hockey and some minor league hockey. But coaching is the closest thing to being part of the juice of a player, putting that uniform on and playing. Every day. Every day. Every day. And uh, I am so fortunate to be back in it. Let me ask you about watching the game for the year. Because you mentioned that in your availability, 
you know, watching it from 1,500 feet is a different perspective. You see how certain coaches handle certain things. You're not in there. You don't know the exact dynamics. But what did you kind of learn about the game? Because when you get away from it and step back a little bit, sometimes you can watch it and go, oh, that's something I could really exploit. Or that's something – Maybe I'll take a little yeah. something of what he has and put my spin on it. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. You need to have your philosophy. You mm-hmm. need to have your foundation. Your religion, right? Yeah, exactly. As a coach, I got a chance to I listen to other coaches after tough losses. I, I listen to coaches after big wins. I, I watch certain types of play. I, I watch certain face-off plays. Uh, I watch momentum swings in games and how teams handled it and – and you know what? I did it all without blinders on because head coaches, when they're in it and they're in the fight, you end up getting blinders on sometimes yeah. and you don't see some of the other things that you can learn from. You can also learn how not to do things in watching other teams play, other coaches talk, other coaches go through situations. It's up for you to pick and choose the ones that you want to bring into your arsenal, I guess, a little bit if you have an opportunity to get back. So I was uh, – I had a ball. I, I I was sick of hearing myself talk, quite <laughs> honestly. I enjoyed watching more than being on TV. I enjoyed watching the other people and how they handle situations, and I hope it makes me a better coach. One of the guys, I look at other sports sometimes, and I go, okay, where's the transferable philosophy? And I know Steve Kerr was talking a few years ago about his philosophy in the NBA, moving the ball. And every time I move the ball, a decision gets made. Yeah. And every time there's a decision – in sport, a mistake can be made. Yeah. And I love that philosophy. I go, if I put the opposition to four decisions or 50 decisions on a possession, I got a way better chance yes. if I get 50. Yes. How's your philosophy changed over the years? Yeah, yeah. When I used to dot every I, cross every T, I used to try to uh, almost predict what the game would be. I'd have every situation mapped out on tape. Control. Yeah, control. And yeah. we are we are control freaks, coaches. We yep. are. We overcoach. All sports, we overcoach. And so I've learned to get out of the way. I, I, I think you learn more, instead of nitpicking on these things, let them make the mistakes. And then you can teach off of that. Yeah. And not every mistake, because it's such a young league, it's a game of it's unbelievable amount of mistakes that are made in a in a sixty minute hockey game. You can't correct them all. So I like I've told some of the young coaches and Brad Larson, who was my who's a coach in Columbus, was my assistant, uh, who's now running that team since I left. I said, you know what, you got to learn to turn away. Just just turn. You know that's a mistake, but turn away. Just go down the other end of the bench yeah. and do something else. Talk to the trainer, medical guy, whatever it would be. You can't correct them all. You've got to let the players grow through their mistakes and let them try to figure it out without you holding their hand all the time. Yeah. I used to hold hands. Mm-hmm. You can't do it anymore. It's a different athlete, hold a different game, and uh, I believe in the mind. I, 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 I think if you coach the mind and you have that strong belief, X's and O's are important, belief is so much more important. That's where I've gone with my coaching. The other part of it too is it's almost hard to fathom with these young players of today coming into the league and young guys in the league, the skill that they have that yes. they come in with, it's almost impossible to identify with it with what they have. Yeah. They, they you, come to this game so much more ready. Yes, they are. And who am I uh, to, to teach a skilled guy? I don't see the ice like they do. I have no concept of of their vision, their yeah. their anticipation skills. So it makes 
good players, great players, is anticipation skills. I don't have those. What I do is after a game, um, I'm breaking down tape on a computer and I'm rewinding it four or five times where they're making split-second decisions. You you need to get out of their way. I I have uh, Mike Sullivan, who I think is probably one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League and our little cross-state rival now in Pitt, uh, he came to me. He was the same way. He wanted to diagram the game for him. He's gone a total different direction in coaching Sidney Crosby, Malkin, players like that, Latang. Yeah. You need to get out of the way. It's their game. It's their game. As long as you get them to play hard, that, that's something to coach. You know that it, it's something I'm going to really work hard at with this team here. You need to have that standard of being a hard team to play against. But some of the other things, just get out of the way. It's their game. It's not yours. That's what coaches fight with. They, they always want it to be theirs. Is it almost like, okay, I've done my job when they don't need me to tell them that they made the mistake? Exactly. Or that they, now they know. They know. And that's when you have a self-sustaining locker room. Yeah. To win a Stanley Cup. Because then accountability you, to bring this it's full within circle. It. Yeah. It's within it. It's not me in there barking about it. It's them putting pressure on one another to, to do the things you need to do. And they say, holy shit, I've turned into torts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if they'll ever say that, but it, it, it's so important to allow them to grow that way, not me babysit all the time and walk them through it on video. They need to explore and, and go through the mistakes, and they'll find their way. Trick is, my job is to make sure they do it collectively. Yep, it's, as a it, group. It, 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 it's so important to – I think there's problems here. I think it's splintered. I think that locker room's splintered. Mm-hmm. We need to get that locker room back to doing it together here also. Yeah, nobody's ever won doing it individually. No, Never, no. Not in this sport. If you, if, if you want to do it individually, go play tennis yeah. you know, or, or like golf. golf. Yeah, do that. This is a team sport. Um, last thing for you. How on God's green earth or do you kind of reset? I asked you this downstairs in the locker room earlier, but how do you reset and – let yourself relax the rest of the summer yeah. before really cranking it up when training camp hits. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I'm in the position because I think there's a lot of things I need to do to get myself ready for camp, as I'm asking the players to to totally reset. It's just one of those summers, yeah. and, and my wife and I have talked about that, and and I love her because she's let me do this again, and um, I, I there'll be some time. Uh, you can get away with it. I, I have escapes that I like to use to just get away and forget about it. We're, Do you play that piano that was, you no, were sitting in front of No, that's my wife's. That's my wife's deal. I have the animals. We're we're, we're very deep into the animal welfare. <laughs> yeah. I have my time where I'm with them. I'm not talking to any human being, and I'm taking care of animals. And that's what gets me. That's what gets me away. It's so therapeutic for yeah. me. And uh, but it's a different summer now for me. I know that. I I have a lot of things to get myself ready. And also prepare for a, for a hockey team that I'm dying to coach. Yeah, well, it, I know the fans are extremely excited. It's going to be a, a whole new era here in Philadelphia. And like I said right off the beginning, I, I feel like you being a coach in this city has been destiny. And like yeah, I said. That's pretty cool. Every time that yeah. you came up for a job or you were looking for a job, you never sat out long. But I was always beating the drum like that. This yeah. makes too much sense. Yeah. But think, it never aligned until yeah. now. I, I'm not sure. I'm not going to predict what happens. I think I'm a match for the city. I yeah. do. I think I'm a match to, to go out to a restaurant and have a steak and talk to some fans, and we'll hit it off. Yeah. You know, I, I think that. And I, I want us – I want to play to them. I want our team to be Philly. Yeah. And uh, we're going to work, uh, work at it to try to get that. 
Schwartz, thanks for doing this. My pleasure. And there he is, the 23rd head coach in Philadelphia Flyers history, John Tortorella, our guest here on this episode of Flyers Daily. And talking to Torts after we were done the interview, talking about some of the work he does with animals and rescues. And he said one thing that he considered uh, when getting back to work and taking a job again was he's got some older dogs that he rescued, 12 and 13 years old. And that if he would be able to be there when those dogs, you have to make that call on putting a pet down. That is a guy that sees things the right way, in my opinion. And best of luck to him as the newest Philadelphia Flyers head coach. We thank him for joining us. We thank you for listening. Everybody, have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you Friday on another brand new Flyers Daily. It's getting to the point. Where I'm no fun anymore I am sorry Sometimes it hurts So badly I must cry